Hello and welcome to episode 59 of Brews Less Travel, the podcast exploring the best uncharted craft beer scenes across the U.S. I'm your host, Brian, and I'm happy to once again be welcomed, uh, welcoming back and joined by my co-host for this month, Ben. How's it going, Ben? Hello, I'm doing well. Um, you know, sometimes in life, you got to take the little things. And my little thing is that it's not 95 degrees here today. Um, so I'm sitting comfortably for a change. Um, and I'm very excited about it. That I'm, I'm very excited for you. I, uh, I spent this past weekend in uh, southern New York, and it was a very different temperature than down here in Pittsburgh. Uh, there was no humidity. It was like in the 70s. And it was oh, wow. glorious. And like, as soon as we came back here, I was like, this is awful. Why did we come back? <laughs> Why did we do this? The humidity is <laughs> terrible. And, uh, and I just got stuck in a rainstorm outside, too. So, you know, you get all the you get the bad with the bad when it comes to Pittsburgh weather. Well, so, OK, you you, um, you were gone and there was no humidity. Uh, were you stressed out on your vacation at all? Oh, no, I had a I had a wonderful time. It was Good. it was it was very nice. Uh, good to see my grandparents. We visited them up in southern New York in the southern tier of New York. That's there we go. what they call it. And, you know, that's where the southern tier brewery is. So we went there and hung out by the lake. I, I nicked this sweatshirt from my grandfather. No, he gave it to me. It was very nice of him to give it to me, this vintage penguin shirt. And it still smells like the fire that we burned every night. And uh, that's one of my favorite things about a fire is that first, that post, post oh, yeah. fire smell. Oh, yeah. Like you get a shower and hot water hits your hair and it smells like a fire. And then you put on your clothes that you had on, on the fire. It's like. Like the memories like, are literally attached to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that that you had a stress-free vacation because I was worried that about <laughs> about you after last week. Um, so I'm really happy that that worked out. So I'm never taking a vacation in the same week that we have like a, a holiday on a Monday because that was like that was the stressful part of it. Hey, here's two days to catch up after the long weekend and also to get ready for another long weekend. So. <laughs> Oh, look at you with a copper mug. You like a little, like a little metallic taste to your water. Well, that and you know, as uh, as I mentioned, it gets very hot here in the summer, and uh, copper's a great conductor. So, the, you know, great way to keep your beverage cool uh, is to utilize science. Drink, drink smarter, not harder. I think that's <laughs> the, that's the science. There we go. So. Uh, we're making our way through the wonderful city of Bend, Oregon, and we got a great brewery to feature tonight, uh, Good Life Brewing Company. Ben and I are going to be enjoying their uh, Bavarian lager, German Helles-style lager, and their Comatose Imperial IPA. Also, great to mention, lots of great inclusions for the beer club members this month, including uh, some awesome stickers from good life and also this sticker from visit bend this western front sticker so cool super cool very cool for the visitors bureau to be doing artwork this cool is uh well i don't know i was gonna say that's not right you don't typically see very cool artwork like that from visitors bureau. Yeah, the, the, the bar has now been set way higher than it was before <laughs> yeah yeah so we're just going to get right into it with our guest this week. Please join us in welcoming Mason Hart, Director of Beer Sales at Good Life. Hey, everybody. Hello, hello. Hey. Oh, how are you guys doing tonight? Wonderful. Ben, you're talking about how great the weather's been up in Portland, so good for you. It's like 95 <laughs> and been today. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're a summer town and, and summer finally hit about like two weeks ago. We, we got snow, like late, late snow this year. So we are finally welcoming the warm weather. And speaking of that warm weather, it's time to get into this first uh, crusher that we have tonight. Heck yeah. I, 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 I almost said, Ben, you want to tell us about this Bavarian lager? You could share your thoughts too eventually. But Basin, would you like to start and tell us about uh, the good life of Bavarian lager? Well, first off, cheers, you guys. Um, one thing I'm going to point out right now as we all get ready to, you know, take our first sip. I look good for you guys for pouring it out in proper glassware. But one really fun thing about Good Life Brewing a lot of people don't know is we have a, you can hardly see it right here, but on every can we produce, you get a little heart with the CP for our, uh, our late brewmaster, Kurt. So every time we're unaware, but you're toasting to Kurt. So cheers, guys. Cheers to that. Cheers. Uh, and then, yeah, Bavarian lager. It's just a 
It's an easy drinking, clean, crisp, you know, German style Hellas lager. We, our tasting room is kind of designed after, you know, the tasting halls, beer halls over in Germany. So we've always had a big uh, heart for, for German style beers. We also like to drink them. Uh, so a few years ago, I was begging our brew team. I was like, guys, it's time to get in the lager game. And uh, we finally did with Bavarian Lager. It was originally draft only. Uh, you get the nice Munich malt touch there. So it comes through a little and the hops do too, but it's not overpowering by any means. So yeah, we started canning this beer a couple years ago and we actually just had to change the can design slightly because uh, uh, the TTB thought it was too confusing that we didn't have product of the USA on the can because apparently this is exactly what they're tasting like over in Bavaria. That's that's what the TTBs get, get yeah, no, getting their business up into I mean, is hey. Yeah. It does also say Ben Dorigan on it. it Did that it not does. clarify it enough? You know, guys, you're you're, you're talking to a, a, the director of sales. Uh, they, my actual title is a director of beer sales for two reasons. Uh, one, they just wanted to hyphenate the the BS part of the job, and they because you know part of the job is BSing, and the other part is how much BS you actually have to deal with. So yeah, that's just it. Fair enough. No, no, no digs to TTB. We appreciate and love you guys and appreciate you constantly approving uh, new labels for us. But yeah, <laughs> just one of those, just one of those little quirky things that uh, not a lot of people know. So, well, with that, um, could you tell us about your first experience with Good Life and then how you came to work for the brewery? Oh, absolutely. So it, the year was 2020. 11. Uh, Good Life was about two months old. They had just opened the doors. My wife and I are from Santa Cruz, California, originally. Uh, well, she's from Santa Cruz. I, I, that's where I met her. So we were up here visiting town. I had just turned 21. That time, I no one judge me, please, but I liked my black velvet whiskey and PBR. Uh, you know, Classic. I was, a, I was, I was a young musician. So that, that was it for us. Cheap and cheap and affordable. Uh, so when I first came to Bend, Oregon, I hopped around to every different brewery I possibly could with my father-in-law and it was a great time, great experience, but I just honestly could not wrap my palate around all the IPAs and pale ales I was drinking. So after about five, six different breweries, we finally stumble into good life. Now we did live just down the road. So we were visiting, you know, just up the street rode our bikes down. It was just uh, my father-in-law and I, uh, the plan was to come in for a growler and we sat down at the bar and, uh, one of my owners was actually working behind the bar at that point in time, again, being just a couple months old. She asked me, well, what type of beers have you been drinking? And I said, well, I've been trying all these IPAs and pale ales. And, you know, I, I just picked beer based on the color. Again, had no idea what I was looking for. I grew up near Chico, California myself. So the craft beer that I grew up with was uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And, you know, sneaking my dad's and stepdad's uh, uh, Sierra Nevada's. And, man, I, I wish I was a beer fan back then because I took that brewery for granted. I love it now. But long story short, we're, we're finally at Good Life. Bartender Katie, one of our owners, she goes, well, I think you just might have been trying to the, the wrong styles. So she pours me a, a tall pint of passed out. Passed out is our, our winter seasonal. It's about eight and a half percent. Just it's, oh, it's amazing. Well, when we first opened, it was closer to 10%, hence the name Passed Out. Um, in my first sip, I was just in love. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. The, the richness of the malts, the chocolatey notes, the slight espresso coffee vibe. Uh, and I was hooked. And then at that point, we're like, well, forget the growler. We're just going to have a couple pints. So uh, I proceeded to have, you know, four pints with my father-in-law and got up the encouragement and uh, yeah, kind of asked him for my, uh, my now wife's hand in marriage. And we've been married for going on 11 years. We've got four kiddos together. So uh, that beer has a, a special place in my heart. Uh, same with the brewery. Um, Wait, and I started. Yeah. So you, you drank those, those fabled first couple pints and then. Uh, immediately proposed to your wife well like didn't just propose to her right then and there you uh -huh. know okay but that was kind of the moment where i knew this is it. Uh, we're done you know and we we were up here visiting with the family anyways okay her family is from santa cruz they had just moved to bend oregon my wife actually spent a year in bend before we met in santa cruz living as a living nanny she was familiar with bend 
they had always vacationed up here. Their grandparents were from here originally. Um, and then, yeah, when they retired, they moved to Bend. And then, uh, yeah, after the housing crash of 28, pricing in Bend was extremely affordable. Like, well, let's go to Bend, Oregon. And so they moved up in the summer of 2011. And my wife and I followed in the summer of 2012. And then, uh, yeah, I've been working for the company for going on seven years now. Uh, started off bartending, managing uh, the bar with or helping manage the bar. Uh, loved that. It was uh, it was so much fun. Just absolutely great people to work for. Our clients, our regular customers are just family to us. And then, uh, yeah, I worked my way into the, the sales side. And so I spent my first two years in sales as an outside sales rep. We call them a... Uh, uh, regional sales managers, because you're more than a rep, you know, you're managing markets and regions. So spent two years, a little over two years in Eugene with my family doing that. And then in the summer of 2019, I accepted the director of BS job with the company. And I've slowly kind of taken on a lot of the marketing as well. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been fantastic ever since. So I've got, I've got so many stories of my kids playing or running around in the pub, you know, before the expansion and uh, looking out those first windows. I've got uh, pictures of my oldest son, who's almost 10, 10 years old now, uh, looking out the glass windows that you guys can kind of see behind both Brian and Ben. And that overlooks our brew system. And I've got pictures of my, uh, yeah, like I said, my, my kiddo when he was just a few months old kind of being able to pull himself on the ledge and looking out. And I like tagged it on Instagram, I'm like future brewer of good life brewing. And now he goes around and picks up all the rocks off the lawn and puts them back in the rock piles, you know? And so he kind of works here already. <laughs> <laughs> Accelerated pace. Speaking of that outdoor lawn and that uh, cool outdoor area, we had planned questions here and uh, you told us something right before we jumped on to start recording here that I, we can't, we can't go any further without talking about. So we got to bring uh, it up. Yeah. Do you want to share the big news uh, that you, you told us right before we came on here? All right. Well, so uh, if you've ever been to Bend, Oregon uh, and, or if you've ever vis- visited us in Bend, we do have come summertime, we uh, work with a local radio group and we bring in some national acts. Um, so you see behind me, I've got a pepper concert poster, we have G Love come and played where we got our collaboration with, but today was just announced and I was having a quick beer before I hopped on this call with uh, the, the local promoter. And we are getting Sir Mix-A-Lot coming September 3rd for the 30th anniversary of Baby's Got Back. So it's quite a fun little venue. Honestly, I think the only venue in the United States that has a brewery and a dispensary on property. You know, things are legal in Oregon. I'll leave it at that. But yeah, yeah, it gets fun. We're not sure mix a lot's coming. Anything about that? Um, No, no. (laughs) Never. Conveniently located amongst other things. uh, Other great things. Straight across from where the concert will be held. It is. Uh, you know, yeah. we, we also have a fantastic bike shop, the Hub Cyclery. We are right next to Stand on Liquid, uh, paddle boards, and that turns into like a ski and surf shop um, or ski and snowboard shop come wintertime. So we really do kind of just encompass the good life in the Century Center, which is where we're located. Yeah, let's let's just jump further into that. There's like the Ale Apothecaries right around the corner. Uh, the yeah. Great Lager Bar Prost is right there. Um, and the number of businesses you mentioned, what it's what is it like to do business in such a great neighborhood that's in an already great town? You know, it's it's a lot of fun because we love our neighbors. We are actually they one of them was just running over into the pub quickly to grab a quick six pack for shifty you know and uh but it's it's a lot of fun we, we do try to work together as best we can um when we first opened up our doors in 2011 uh it was actually the two people were who were buying for the spot was us and then your previous guest and one of my uh, former uh employers crux fermentation project uh, we were both trying for the same spot and uh, it worked out for Crux as they have just a phenomenal location. And it worked out for us because we went straight into a production brewery. You know, we're just about 20,000 square feet. So when we opened up in 2011, we were the biggest startup craft brewery in Oregon at the time. And uh, yeah, we all because of our neighbors. We're in the heart of the West Side. So we're in a good walking distance to a lot of people. And uh, yeah, like I said, our neighbors and I, us, 
we all try to collaborate in ways and try to help each other out any way we can. So it's a lot of fun. Focusing back in on your tap room specifically, uh, what's up with the special shape of your tap handles? Yes. So our tap handles are actually, they are designed after the descender hook, which is a climbing tool. And yes, so it's it's designed after the climbing tool. Uh, one of our original logos, our original logo outside of the word mark I'm wearing um, is the sticker that you guys are getting in your beer box this month. And that is a mountain hop. So if you turn it upside down, it's a hop, but it's also a mountain. Uh, and Descender happens to be the name of our Staple Point IPA that we've been brewing for 11 years, Descender IPA. So that is the unique shape of all of our tap handles. Pretty simple, but it's, it's a cool question. And a lot of people don't get it. And they're like, I don't, I don't understand. I was like, I'm not a mountain climber. I, I, we have great climbing in town, but there's so many things to do. I, that was one sport I, I wanted to get into before I continued to have four children. Well, I myself am not much of a mountain climber, but I have uh, drank my fair share of uh, Descender over the last decade or so. Yeah. Um, so I think that's like, that's on, on par with being a mountain climber is the amount of Descender so. that I've drank. I think I'm up there now. Yeah. I've been, me and you are the same, man. I, and you're basically, basi- you're basically Alex Honnold. Tommy I was going to say, yeah, but, <laughs> Adam but you know, Andrew, he, yeah, you're. He, I, I don't think they use those tools, right? Those are free climbers, right? So, well, I mean, if we're going to turn it to <laughs> climbs less traveled, sometimes <laughs> like, sometimes. Uh, yeah, Alex, Alex does free, free solos where, yeah, no, no, no gear, but they'll also do crazy uh, smart about it. climbing where they're using gear and protection and yeah, they'll definitely use the senders. I'm, I'm going to try my hardest not to nerd out about climbing and just move on to the next thing because i'm i am not a climber but i think it's one of the coolest things in the world oh and uh yeah when we first moved here in 2012 and having smith rock state park right there it's phenomenal mountain climbing uh so you know i did some bouldering things like that but i just never got into the full sport and where i'm now it's just a little too busy to get there so one of these years for those that don't know, Oregon is often credited as the birthplace of a specific type of climbing known as sport climbing and, and type of climbing that really propelled climbing into mild popularity through the 90s. And um, even uh, it's so still prevalent there that my Uber driver, who was like a 60 year old gentleman, was like, oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an alpinist. I've done, a, done about 300 climbs in my life and was pointing out the peaks in the skyline that he had hiked and, and climbed and all the different ex- expeditions he had done there. Oh, yeah. And it was honestly one of the greatest Uber rides I've ever had in my life from the airport up in Redmond down to down to Bend. Right on. I like looking at those things on Google Maps, uh, toggle the t- topography settings. Uh, that's about as close <laughs> as I get. We, we casual day hike with the kiddos, you know. I, I just, my thing is I need to have a coldie kind of nearby. Yeah, if I'm doing that. So, yeah, I, I don't. But blame good on that. you, Brian. Good on you for outdoing us and just being an avid climber. Oh no, let's be very clear. <laughs> I do not climb. I am a. I am a. Uh, okay, I okay. am a sofa chair climber. <laughs> I watch. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna live vicariously vicariously through my younger my young daughter and raise her up to be a climber. There and you she'll go. Be, she'll. I'll raise her to be the ne- next Beth Rodden. There there's another like climbing that. reference for the the few climbing folks. All right, moving on. Let's take a beer break. Bend is world famous for its outdoor pursuits, pristine beauty, and massive beer scene. Obviously, we're covering the beer scene in our episodes this month, but we should take a moment to talk about what our friends at Visit Bend are doing to protect those beautiful outdoor spaces. Pledge for the Wild is a way for locals and visitors to support the protection of habitats as well as the development of river access, new trails, and urban parks in amazing communities across the country. Visit Bend works with Pledge for the Wild to support the Bend Sustainability Fund, a grant program funding sustainable recreational resources in Bend. In 2021, their first round of grants supported eight community organizations, supporting advancements at playgrounds, bike parks, and hiking trails. 
You can learn more about the program and donate at visitbend.com slash pledge dash four dash the dash wild. That's visitbend.com slash pledge for the wild. Now let's get back to the show. Let's talk more about the tap room. Uh, in the tap room, there's a special phrase above the wall, uh, on the wall above the bar. Uh, it says, what's your good life? You know, obviously, other than including the name of the brewery in it, what does that phrase mean to the brand of good life? Yeah, I, I honestly, it is everything. So uh, a lot of people don't know the story, but when we were first opening our doors in uh, 2010, you know, we opened in two, uh, June of 2011, but 2010, paperwork's already filed, naming rights, trademark, that was already dialed down. Uh, so our original brew name is actually Noble Brewing Company. And there's a very popular brewery in California called Noble Aleworks. And they opened up right around the same time as we were actually opening or getting ready to open the brewery. And they did not realize that we had the name trademarked. So they called us and, you know, my owners at that time, they were kind of already having some second thoughts uh, on the name Noble. And uh, so they scrapped the name and they're like, okay, here we are. We're getting ready to open up doors and we don't have a name. I mean, we already had branding out. We had some t-shirts made, stickers already made. And so the guys went out golfing one day, came back, were having some beers, watching the brewery, you know, get the final touches on. And they looked around and said, man, we live the good life in Bend, Oregon. And it was that aha moment. And because uh, Bend is such such a uh, good life town, you know, there's so much to do here, uh, whether you're whether no matter the season, you know, I would say it is definitely a tourist town, but it's always a tourist town because we've got fantastic mountains for skiing and snowboarding and come summertime we have the Deschutes River uh we've got out of this world fly fishing it's just everything in this town is good uh, the beer especially and the people are even better so that's kind of what good life means you know it's just what's your good life and it, it's a little different for everybody you know I'm, I'm a father of four uh so you know, being able to raise my kids in such a, a good community like this, that's part of my good life. Well, the bad news is that my glass is empty. Um, oh, the good I'm... news, however, is that we have a second beer. Oh, look um, at that. It's called Comatose. I have a lot of my own personal stories about it. Um, it's it's an eight and a half percent behemoth of an Imperial IPA, but Mason, I was wondering what you could tell us about this beer as I pour myself a glass yes. of it. Oh man, comatose, double IPA, Imperial IPA. This, this beer means a lot to me because when I first got into sales, we only had two canned beers. A quick fun fact, we were the first brewery in Bend, Oregon to can our beer. We always wanted oh. to can our beer because of our name, Good Life. Um, what do we do in, in Good Life, you know, outside? We're always, as I kind of talked about earlier, Ben, you're always going out. I always want to have a coldie with me. Cans travel and they recycle a lot better than glass, personally, especially to us. We float the river all the time. And there's so many times where you would see people and, you know, the later 2000s before the can craze really hit, who would drink a great bottle of beer and they would sink the bottle. Well, cans were kind of more of a, all right, it's easier to pack your trash in and out. And so when we decided to, can of comatose Ooh, our biggest thing was it is eight and a half percent so what do we do if somebody goes home and drinks a six pack and we said wait half of our great ideas have been from drinking six pints of comatose so they're getting a few less ounces out of that uh that's how our we have a collaboration with one of our our great neighbors you know the el apothecary that conversation and that collaboration was started with getting uh john and kurt at the time you know little day drunk on some comatose it's, it's it's a big beer but the thing about that beer is it's dangerously smooth as you're tasting at eight and a half percent it does not drink like an eight and a half percent beer it certainly does not the the ibus are up there around the 95 percent. but again those double ipas they hide it really well and comatose does uh, you get a lot of tropical notes on that beer that beer always takes me away to the beach is what i say about that beer so yeah it's dangerous, and I'm I'm going to join you guys. I've, I'm going to crack mine right now. 
I, I got into craft beer as like a hophead. I got in through Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and Dale's Pale Ale and, and with New England IPAs and the haze craze kind of really taking over the IPA market. Double IPAs, in a lot of cases, have become these really overly sweet and, in my opinion, not as enjoyable as the old classic ways. And yes. like this, this melds that perfectly. It's soft. There's juiciness to it, but there's a bite but there's, it's not overwhelming bitterness and the fruit aroma that just jumps out of this glass. You would swear that this beer was, was fruited and conditioned on pineapple or lemon or something. It's just, this is wonderful. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, I mean, none of my doing, I cannot praise our brew team enough. Uh, Tyler West, our director of brewing operations, um, Andrew Camarno, our head brewer, they've just have done a great job. You know, this is one of Kurt's original recipes. And uh, it was always a favorite uh, when I was a patron, again, being being basically I call myself a regular from day one, although I was maybe 60 days late to the party. But uh, I remember when Comatose first came out on draft, there was no growler fills allowed because they couldn't keep up with it. And <laughs> it also, again, was closer to 10 percent before we decided to can it. So we wanted to bring it down just a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, the perceived bitterness is just it's really mellow. Uh, one of my favorite things about that beer is when uh, a lot of people come in and they go, I don't like IPAs. I don't like this. And if they don't, and uh, so we'll give them a little sample of comatose. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's phenomenal. Like that's a double IPA, 95 IBUs. It's just, <laughs> it, it's the malts and hops and how it's brewed, you know? Well, this is a beer that in the before times I would frequently take to parties and house shows. Um, yes. and it, it. it would disappear very quickly. Um, the house shows specifically, a lot of things would wind up disappearing, but that's all, <laughs> that's a whole other story. Um, and with that, I, I just wanted to ask you, I'd read that you'd previously worked in the, the music industry. What do you think is something breweries could learn about atmosphere and experience from the music industry? You know, and, uh, Ben, great question, especially as, uh, our brewery is, was kind of founded on the love of Pearl Jam. Music brings so many people together. There's, you know, you can be listening to the song next to this guy who is 40 years older than you. You're co- I'm, I've got tattoos and these people, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. Music brings people from all different walks of life together. And so does beer. But I feel like not every brewery thinks that way, or I'm not trying to say that, but you know. There's a lot that we can learn from it. You always have to, in the music side, you always got to prepare for the unexpected. And as we have all just gone through a pandemic and things have been whirlwind, we all were thrown into the unexpected. Be, be prepared. You never know what's going to come your way. Uh, I've got a tattooed on my chest, Live Forever in a Day. It's uh, one of my best friends' song lyrics. He's now a big-time national recording artist. And because, uh, yeah, Not a big you never deal. know. No, no big deal. Whatever. You know, <laughs> quick plug for Tyler Rich. But yeah, you never know what day when when uh, what days are going to be your last. So live life to the fullest and uh, enjoy every beer in front of you. Uh, speaking of living life to the fullest, shout out to Dale in the chat. Great question in the chat here. <laughs> he says, so, so, so Ben is known for many pleasures. He's fly fished in Tube the River. He's hiked. He's golfed there. But what's a what's a hidden gem there? for oh, you and man. follow up what's a hit and gen in the good life product line well fantastic well, two, for one there. Oh, two for one dale yeah well done uh i'm gonna tackle this backwards so quickly what's the hidden gem of the good life product line you guys that was the first beer we just tried the bavarian lager uh it's it's been out on the market for just a little over a year now and but we're so known for being a pale ale powerhouse you know uh, if you've heard of Good Life, you know Sweet As, and that's our Pacific Ale. It's a wheat ale, and it's phenomenal. We've won back-to-back golds at the Great American Brew Fest for that beer. But Bavarian Lager is the beer that we brewed for ourselves to drink as employees, brewers, you know, people who want to have a couple in a day and not feel as guilty about it. Because, uh, Dan, you know, you can't have six comatose in a day. Oh, you absolutely can't, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then um, a hidden gem for me in Bend, Oregon, outside of the breweries, because we are just sitting around 30 local breweries and there are a lot of 
phenomenal ones that are, you know, tap room only. Um, outside of those, we've got some really great disc golf courses, which are an easy act, fun activity. Again, Ben, as we were saying, you can always keep a beer on your side with those. And then, yeah, live music. I just heard that. Uh, so we have a big amphitheater in town, Hayden Homes Amphitheater. Uh, just sold out to Live Nation a couple years ago. And this year, we have the most shows out of any of their venues in the world. So there's that too. I know. Yep. We are kind of like a live music Mecca and we're a hundred thousand people capacity, you know, in our uh, capita, we've got 60 shows lined up in over like a, or just under a four month timeframe for this year. So yeah, great live music, fantastic beers. You've got disc golf courses everywhere. A lot of people know that know us for being a little foodie town too, but that kind of comes with the beer scene. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if if the next time I go to Bend, um, and I I don't know if if you caught our episode last week, I, I mentioned that the last time I was there, I don't really remember it too well. Yes, um, which I think is appropriate. But yeah, most people don't want it. The first time you visit Bend. You most people don't remember it, you okay, know. I'm, so. I'm glad to know. I'm glad to know that I'm not alone. Oh, I there, was there too. I took notes. There. So, but I'm I'm also really happy to know because I feel like the next time I go, I'm probably going to be a little more, you know, responsible and mature. I'm going to feel inclined to be active. So I'm I'm glad to know that that there there are options for people like you and I, such as disc golf. Yes, you know it's it's fun. It's easy. You can stay a little active, and you can still have a couple, you know, responsibly. Excellent. As long as you pack in and out your trash, that's all we ask. There is a place for Ben and Bent. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> ben is Bent. You are the definition ben of Bent. Ben. <laughs> I, uh, I did listen because I picked up on the jokes already. <laughs> I had a feeling. Uh, we're going to pitch this to our good friends at Visit Bend. How about that first slogan? Ben is Bend. I, we're going to do it. a series. We'll do here. We'll give you this one for free. We'll, we'll do a series of commercials. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree to to this yeah. uh, for you, Ben. Uh, just I'm, I'm already on. Know. Send uh, me there. Let's do we're, this. <laughs> we're gonna shoot a series of commercials of Ben is Bend standing on top of Pilot Butte, looking out uh, over the city and at the mountains, uh, looking at the Deschutes just, River. Just occasionally, like, occasionally interspersed with things that I actually do, which is like on my eighth beer of the day, watching Urban Explorer videos on YouTube. Like <laughs> just very quickly, just yeah. ca- just cut that in there and then go back to the normal bend stuff. Just I mean, ordering, ordering video real quick. Or, or yeah, ordering Taco Bell at one a.m. on on Uber Eats, and yeah. then right back to active, uh, healthy. All right, okay. I, I'm gonna break your heart. Uh, our our fast food joint game in Bend, Oregon, is weak. Most of them shut down by like eight o'clock, but it's good for the local business. So yeah, you know, don't, what, don't, if you come to Bend, you. don't be prepared for the late night Taco Bell run because it okay. might not be open. But we have Taco Salsa. There you go. I will. I will say there was one place that I thoroughly enjoyed when I was there. I had lunch and I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's right around the corner from Deschutes's big production facility. And it's yes. like a stoner themed subway shop. Chiba Hut. Oh, yeah. Chiba Hut. Yeah. Yes. They just opened their doors and they are fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And it is absolutely stoner themed uh every creature they have murals painted everywhere and everyone's like kind of like smoking a little joint here and there but it's well done you know it's tasteful tasteful yeah it's tasteful. and yeah and it's it's literally i think their tagline's like toasted subs and yeah. they're and it's not like oh subway i'll take a six inch or 12 it's i'll take a pinner i'll take a joint or i'll take the blunt and that's yep. how, <laughs> they, they are right down the street from us and yeah, they've become a new account for us and they're great. Yeah. Awesome. Great. So you mentioned it earlier, the little uh, CP on each of your cans, but I wanted to ask more about the founding brewmaster at Good Life, Kurt Plants. What yes. uh, legacy has he left at the brewery? Man, uh, outside of that laugh, he just, Kurt Edwards, one of the best laughs in the world. It was deep. <laughs> And we all try to replicate it from time to time just to remember. Um, but Kurt was just one of the nicest guys in the world. Um, he, if It didn't matter if you knew Kurt his entire life or for 20 minutes. 
he would sit down and he would have a genuine conversation with you. And by the time you finished your pint, you were best friends and he was ordering you another one, <laughs> whether you wanted it or not. Uh, you know, outside of that, I mean, obviously he had made phenomenal beers. He was an excellent recipe developer. That tagline, you know, what's your good life or cheers to the good life. It's kind of that homage to Kurt. It's live every day to the fullest, do what makes you happy and surround yourself with good people because Kurt was one of the best. Now, Osha, I hope you're not listening to this. He's also known for being the flip-flop guy. <laughs> We've come up with some of my favorite photos. <laughs> is, uh, Kurt hated beer boots. So this guy built a you know, 20,000 square foot brewery and is brewing in flip-flops every day. Now, nobody else gets a, would get away with that. We are <laughs> way more compliant now. Uh, but that was, that was a huge thing to us. And we have a beer on tap right now called Flip-Flop Blowout. Here he is. Here he is graining out with. There's Kurt oh graining my out. God. Uh, yeah, one of the one of the first one of the first photos of Kurt right there uh, at our yeah our thirty barrel brew house. And um, so we have a summer seasonal beer out every year called Beach Life. Each year it's a rotating seasonal or a rotating flavor. But there's flip flops on that can. Whenever we're out at events, nice or not, you're wearing flip flops. When I first became in the, the sales side of things and. I was over in Eugene. I remember putting a keg on a dolly and flip-flops and one of our distributors is like, Mason, what are you doing? I was like, we're the flip-flop guys. I was like, yeah, I was like, whatever. (laughs) It's my homage to Kurt. We're the flip-flop guys. Uh, So if if anyone uh, watching or listening to this uh, has an upcoming tour booked with our sister company, City Brew Tours, uh, (laughs) reminder that uh, you cannot wear flip-flops on a tour. You <laughs> no. are not Kurt Plants, unless no. your name is Kurt you Plants. No, and that is, yes, and unless that. unless your name is Kurt Plants, which, rest in peace, man, I, he was just one of the best. And uh, But no flip-flops, you know, we yeah, don't allow cheers. it in the brewery anymore. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Cheers to Kurt and yep. uh, the whole team. And um, But yeah, you just can't do it. So Ty Barnett, our other co-founder, uh, him and Kurt started the company at 27 years young. Uh, they bonded over their love of Pearl Jam. And uh, our pub manager, Dewey, uh, also kind of helped start this company. I, they're the owners, but Dewey's been around from just about day one. And Dewey and Ty were roommates, best friends. And they were getting ready to one. They were going to a Pearl Jam show in Vegas, and somebody backed out. And Dewey's like, well, I just met this guy named Kurt. He seems pretty chill, and he loves Pearl Jam. So maybe he'll tag along? So at that time, you know, Kurt is maybe 20, 20, we'll say 21. Okay. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. This was before my time. So I, if I botched the story, I'm sorry guys, but uh, yeah, they, they asked Kurt, Kurt was an all state quarterback, just phenomenal athlete. And at that time he had a job as a personal trainer. Well, he quit his job on the spot to go to Vegas, to go watch Pearl jam with these guys <laughs> oh my and God. Then on the way, on the <laughs> way home. Uh, Dewey was managing another local restaurant and had to get back to, you know, be the manager. And Kurt and Ty were like, Kurt's like, well, I don't got a job. <laughs> and Ty's like, I could probably swing another week off. And they went to another show. When I say, you know, we were kind of founded on the love of Pearl Jam. That's on the way up to that second show when they really tie in. Uh, Kurt really started diving into what did they want to do with life? And they both said they wanted to open up a brewery or a bar. And, uh, here we are, you know, over 11 years later, living the good life. Cheers in one day at a time. Well, someone in the chat had, uh, it looked like their ears perked up when they, they heard Pearl Jam mentioned. So yeah, that, 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 I, I brought that up for you, Scotty. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad <laughs> that we were able to, to bring a conclusion to that story. And it's, it's funny. Uh, I've, I've had Pearl Jam stuck in my head all day and uh, that's not going to stop now. So, no. and you know, uh, <laughs> that's fine. quickly, quickly, uh, just to add one more thing to it. There's a motto at a brewery. What would Kurt do? And he lived by his gut feeling. So there's times where we're making some obviously major decisions on the sales side of things or marketing, and dealing with these major acts. And we're like, well, what would Kurt do? And you go by that gut feeling. Yeah. Me and Ty, we were up in Portland not too long ago doing a market visit. Then I wish I would have known. Uh, but on the way up there, he goes, hey, Dewey's already in Portland and he's going to the uh, Jack White show. And I was like, oh, that sold out like years ago. 
there's no <laughs> way there's tickets available. And I like look up and I'm like, Ty, there's tickets available. Goes, what would Kurt do? And I'm like, we're going to Jack White tonight. It is, it is. So yeah, it's just one of those things. So. All right. Well, I would be remiss. I I uh, was in a couple of cover bands and I definitely did some shitty renditions of, of Pearl Jam songs. So, you know, around I'm, around the room here, uh, favorite Pearl Jam album. Mason, please start. Oh, it's got to be 10. I mean, OK, yeah, it's I know it's cliche, but uh, there's just so many great songs on that. And uh, it was honestly my first final. So that's another one. Yeah. Well, Okay, so. so because you said 10, um, I mean, it's, I, I guess I, what I go back to the most often is 10. Like, that's, that's, that's my happy place. Um, that's, I, 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 I never have to be in the mood for it. It's all, if, if it's on, it's good to me. That's a good way to, yeah. Um, but you know what? I'll, I'll say verses. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, shout out to a couple people in the chat saying no code. That's a, that's a, I mean, that's, I mean, they're all true Pearl Jam fan. If you're saying no code, um, I think I would also say versus is my favorite, but Ben, what you said about 10 is like, I don't, I don't have to be in the mood for 10, 10. I can just throw on, Yeah, but it's always good. Shout Um, out. Okay. So, so now that we're talking about favorites, this, this question is a little bit out of left field, um, but this is the best segue that I can muster for it. <laughs> uh, um, so, all right, Mario Kart. Who's your character? Or as the kids would say today, who do you main? Yeah, so uh, I am a Mario Tanuki guy, believe it or not. Yeah, I, Mario. Well, so it depends on what Mario Kart we're talking, right? Nintendo Switch, Mario Tanuki. Okay. All day long. I don't know why, but I like him. Okay. Now, if we're going back to like GameCube and 64, the real things that we really grew up on, uh, Luigi, because I always wanted to be tall and skinny. And I was always, you know, we oh. really are the same person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm six feet tall. I'm, just, you, I'm glad nobody can see, but I, you know, I've got oh, yeah, kids. me too. I, I never <laughs> talked about it. I, I six, I'm absolutely six feet tall. I just wish I was taller. <laughs> yeah. I wish I was taller and maybe a little thinner like Luigi. Exactly. Uh, but honestly, I grew up with older brothers who kicked my butt in Mario Kart. So it really never mattered until I uh, started <laughs> making Mario Kart events for the brewery. <laughs> that was your, that that was that was how you got back. That was my pay, that was my payback. <laughs> the ultimate vengeance plot. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, Brian, what about uh, you? Yeah, Brian, uh, who do you play as? Uh, so here's a funny story. I didn't have Mario Kart as a kid growing up. For some reason, we had Diddy Kong Racing, and then- <laughs> dude, even yes, <laughs> I, I love Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah, that was a yeah, great dude. one. It's it's good. Yeah, it's solid. It. I mean, there at that time, you weren't able to choose different vehicles, right? Yeah. yeah. So that was fun. I my, Diddy Kong yeah. was fun. My my we we had a we were a strict uh, Sony PlayStation household. Growing up, so we didn't actually have either of those. Um, we had Crash Team Racing from the Crash okay. Bandicoot series, yeah. Yeah. and that was comparable. And a ton of my dad and I would play each other at that all the time. All the time, yeah. Again, I again, I have older brothers. I was fortunate enough where he was such a video game nerd. We and he was good with his money, so he had we had an N sixty four and the Sony PlayStation when they first kind of came out and. The PlayStation was kind of more mine, but obviously he would still play. And then I'd still have the, you know, every now and then get a tag along with the the, high, the older boys controller on the N64 and just get absolutely demolished. So there you uh, go. Video game. It, it made me it made me a better person at the end of the day. <laughs> video games have never done that they've had the complete opposite effect to me. They bring out my absolute worst qualities and. <laughs> I, that has never changed in 30 years I, I i'm okay with a lot of like the the platform based games but i i had to stop playing fifa a few years ago because i the the person who i became whenever i would play <laughs> yeah. that game was just someone who i couldn't live with and you don't like things, fifa ben i i love watching soccer um once upon a time, that was one of the few physical activities I actually enjoyed with my friends. But yeah, no more FIFA for me. I become a monster. Yeah, soccer put me in the hospital for a week as a kid. So I, I loathe that sport. But 
it's cool. It's our like one professional team in Oregon. So go Timbers. Yeah, go Timbers. <laughs> Timbers. Uh, shout out to producer Laura. Uh, Cruising Exotica. Cruising yes. Exotica was that our was go-to racing. Yeah. That's a deep pull. That's that a deep pull. Everyone with the deep cuts tonight. That, yeah. Comatose will do it to you. It <laughs> brings back the memories. You, you get a little buzzing and... Comatose will give you the sickest references. So I didn't realize this when I was asking the question earlier, but Dale kind of spoiled our uh, question of what do you wish uh, Ben was more well known for with his hidden gem question. So obviously you shout out to the, to the, the the disc golf courses and shout out to the music scene in Bend. Is there anything else people should know about Bend uh, that we haven't touched on yet? I I kind of brought it up earlier too, you know, just full of great people, but Bend, Oregon is just it used to be a little you know we're, we're growing quickly but it's just known for great people you can go to the bar and when you sit down and ask somebody like how's your day like they genuinely mean it you know they're not just trying to make small talk uh growing up in california uh, my first job in oregon was at starbucks just kind of continuing on that path and i remember seeing a line out the door one of my first days at work i'm like why is the cashier like having this full-blown conversation? Like, let's go. Right. And they're like, no, man, we're, we're slow. We like to slow down here. We, we genuinely care about like our customers and how they're feeling. And I, I just love people to know that, you know, it, it is a good town and genuinely people are pretty amazing. Don't get me wrong. Anytime you go to, you can, you deal with some, some nonsense, but yeah, we've got some pretty nice folks around here. Uh, you know, having, just about 30 local breweries. We're all friends, you know, sometimes we all run out of an ingredient here or there and we go, Hey, I got you this week. If just get us that bag of grain or malt back on the next, you know, and uh, we genuinely all just kind of care about each other. Shout that out. And uh, yeah, you know, we don't talk about the 300 days of sun a year that we see, Oh, you know, the fantastic, Again, skiing, snowboarding, the river sports. Oh, man, we've got lakes all over. Um, and one thing, uh, and Ben kind of talked about it on the, the last, uh, last week's podcast, um, it's a treacherous drive to Bend. We are, we're an island town, believe it or not. We are, we're the high <laughs> That's desert. A good way to put it. Thank yeah. you for validating that because there were a couple people in, in the, the chat who were disagreeing. Um, and so thank you. Just, but, but continue. Yeah, no, it's, we're three hours away from the next, you know, population, whether it's Eugene or Portland, Southern Oregon, oh, that's a little further away and you're not going What's that's down there. What's Medford, down? But then you got to cut over. That's about four hours. So we really are about three and a half hours away from, you know, the next civilization. So we are kind of like a little island town and it's fun, you know, just to, just to kind of dig out Brian. We do have a, a really cool local Browns backers club here. Go Cleveland Browns. Sure. They changed the name of the stadium here. So go. No, I'm not. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. Oh, man. But, uh, I, you know, no, we're all. I'm hurting. not. We are not in this household. <laughs> we are not pumped about Acrisure Stadium. Let me tell you what. <laughs> you know, uh, we're all we're all divided right now when it comes to comes to sports. And I won't say why, but yeah, you know what? We pick our teams and you stick to them. Penguins, Penguins side Malkin last night. So hey, I'm, I'm there you fine. Go. I'm there you good go. with that. Yeah. Dale <laughs> says, oh my God, that's what they renamed Heinz Field to. Yes. They named it after an insurance broker from Michigan. It makes no sense. And again, I'm sorry for everybody that we're going to turn this into Brian rants about Pittsburgh and no one else cares about it other than Brian. But yes, that's what they did, Dale. It's making my day. So I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, um, Mason, where can people find Good Life Beer? Yes, uh, Good Life. We are currently distributed throughout the Pacific Northwest. So we uh, full distribution in Oregon, Washington, and Idaho. Uh, we also are just now slowly starting to break into the, uh, the California market. So Ooh. we are available in the Emerald Triangle in the Eureka County area. And we are working with uh, trying to grow down into California a little bit more. Uh, and then also, you know, partnering with great companies like your guys is where we were able to start shipping beer outside of state lines. So it's been a great way to do that. Uh, previously, you used to be able to find us over in uh, Vermont, New York, randomly, and uh, Hawaii was going crazy over sweet as, but then COVID and shipping costs and all that 
it kind of slowed down. So we're getting back right now. I'd say, you know, Washington, Idaho, obviously Oregon. And yeah, we're slowly breaking into that California market as well. So slowly moving into California. Somebody in the chat is asking about Texas. Is there any more expansion on the, we are, you know, we're kind of looking everywhere. Um, obviously Texas is just booming right now, you know, Austin area, um, everywhere in Texas actually is just becoming kind of the new Mecca for craft beer scene. So we're trying to, we want to get down there. Uh, obviously the, our biggest cost right now is shipping and trying to make sure our beer is still affordably priced with how expensive things are, but we're getting there. And then, uh, yeah, you know, Georgia, the <laughs> Bay area, we're, we're coming guys. We're coming. Yeah. All right. We, yeah. We've got a 30 barrel brew system, uh, capacity wise. <laughs> we, we, we can, so with that, you know, we don't have a pilot system. So if we brew anything, we go big and we're um, brewing 60 kegs of it. We're, we're brewing exactly. And uh, so, yeah, next step is just, uh, you know, we, we can push close to 30,000 barrels of beer a year. So that, that should be able to get you guys some beer if, once we figure out uh, some good distributors. So, hey, if you guys have a, a good connection on great local distributors that you guys would want to see us work with, let us know. Yes, I can't remember. I can't remember who said this, Jared. Jared, I'd say Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Uh, obviously, you probably have heard of the guy named G Love. We do a beer with him, special sauce. So that's another one we need to get get on. Get it? Yeah, uh, I can't remember who said this. I think it was somebody in the uh, series of episodes we did about the wonderful Twin Cities in Minnesota. But if you want beer to come to your town, tell your local good beer retailer. Hey, I want to see this brewery here. I know of a local, a great local independent craft brewery. I want to see this here. Tell your good local, good beer store. You want good life. Um, And that's the best way to do it. Honestly, I just, you know, not to keep rambling, but that is how we broke into California. We had a lovely account who came to Bend, fell in love with good life in the beer. They brought down enough beer to sample out the local distributors. And we got calls and they said, everyone's hounding us for your beer. How do we get it? And within 60 days, we were shipping beer down there. So it goes a long way. We're to mouth. Even in a state with a thousand breweries or however many ridiculous amount of breweries they have in California. So yep, exactly. Make it work. Thanks, Ben, for co-hosting. Thank you. Thanks again, Mason, for joining us. Uh, Cheers to both of you. Absolutely. You can find more from good life at goodlifebrewing.com you can find more from us at bruvana.com uh check out the beer club there where you can sign up to get the same awesome beers that we drink on the show shipped directly to you uh you can also follow us on show, social media at bruvana you know facebook instagram tiktok we're cool we're hip we're young we're doing tiktoks check them out they're actually very good please follow us on tiktok you can find out who we main on our tiktoks yeah who who do we main we'll be back next week with our next awesome featured bend brewery monkless uh but until then stay safe be kind and support local craft breweries cheers everybody cheers cheers guys (laughs) 